Today's show is sponsored by our friends at orcacoolers.com. And from now until the end of the year, January 1st, it's the end of year clearance. Sort page with leftover 75 quart coolers, bundles, walker soft sides, hammered chasers, etc. 1215 is the last day to ship for Christmas, but you can always get 15% off your order if you go to www.orcacoolers.com slash bourbon. Orcacoolers.com slash bourbon, and you'll get 15% off your order. Today's show is also sponsored by our friends at Get Picks. Now we're working with them. They're not just our friends. We are embedded. I have Friday calls with them as we're going over all of the new development and we're going over how the app is changing. There's so many cool things with the app. And the thing that I'm finding is the more tastings you put in, the more you get out of the app at the end of the day. It's going to give you recommendations. It's going to tell you people you match with. And coming soon, December 10th, there's going to be Picks Packs. You can get a whole sample thing. It's a trio of different sample packs so there's three whiskeys in every pack and you can get them and try things out and figure out what you like and don't like there's theme packs pay attention you can sign up and get more information about pick packs go to pickshop.com that is pickshop.com get the app if you have an apple phone it is not out for android yet but we're working on it make sure you download it on the app store make sure you sign up to figure out about picks packs they're coming and if you have any feedback let me know i am talking directly with the people i'm talking about what we actually need to do to make the app better and make the experience better for you so reach out to me i want to hear cheers y'all what you got for me zeke baker well you know uh traveling over the thanksgiving break and so i'm on the uh the flight back and for some reason this just caught me off guard i don't know i'll, I'll pitch it to you and see if it seems odd or not but sitting at the bar you know waiting on the plane getting some brunch cocktail or two whatever guy next to me i assume is doing the same but then like eats maybe a third of it or something and then gets a go box I'm like, it's the airport. Why in the hell would you get a go box? I'm not going to take it home and have you know leftovers the next day or something. Like, what are you going to do? Drag around this twelve dollars worth of food you paid for that was probably worth five because it was at the airport and, and all the time and energy to keep up with it versus either just eat it now or, or throw it away, man. Does it really matter if he took it to go on the plane? I don't. Know. The way it happened, it just caught me off. You know, it's like sometimes something catches you off guard. Like, why in the hell? Would you do that? Just eat it or chunk it. Like, how long are you going to be at the airport that you're really worried about keeping up with those leftovers for, what, three or four or five or six hours? You're going to be hungry again, essentially? You underestimate the power of being hungry. And you are a tall, skinny, lanky guy. I know you used to be fat, but, like, as a bigger guy, I have totally gone on a plane before with some food that, like, I ate half of in the terminal, and then I'm ready to eat the other half on the plane. Were you rushed, like, in a time crunch? Yeah. Sometimes, the, so like maybe it could have been a, down and had a dream. Shh, shh. Maybe he had a layover and he knew I just shushed you. Maybe he had a layover and like he knew that he had 15 minutes to get something by the time he waited in the whole line, like it was ready to board. And so he had to rush there and you know, it's going to be a flight. Like it's not a quick flight to Denver. It's not long, but it's like a couple hours, right? You know, you're going to be on That's there. I'm saying this was the flight back. So who knows where, he, I mean, I was just in the bar. Who knows where this guy was going at the Denver airport, but I'm saying he sat down and had time to order like play on his phone, drink a full Bloody Mary. He, he wasn't rushed. But then it's like, well, what, why don't you just eat the damn food, man? Like, why don't you want to do a keep it up with this plastic container for wherever else you're going or whatever else you're doing? What if he wants to have it on the tray on the airplane and it's like a thing, you know, like flying used to be an important thing for people. Maybe he wants like the experience. He wants to have his iPad out. He wants to watch his movie. He wants to eat his food and he doesn't want to eat it while he's drinking his Bloody Mary. Well, those trays on them airplanes ain't that damn big to have all that, bud. 
I'm just saying, like, as I've gotten older, I criticize what people do less and less. I'm not criticizing it. It just caught me off guards. And I didn't know if it was one of the things where, like, I was just in a weird mood or something or if it seemed truly kind of like, I don't make a damn lick of sense. Did you just say it caught you off guards, plural? No, I don't think so. I've been speaking really Southern lately. I think it's somewhere I was in uh, skiing and not around hardly anybody. So if I was on the phone, it was to family or I just didn't speak to folks. I kind of like reverted back to the Southern accent. (laughs) Well, let's start the show, y'all. everyone my name is john edwards with me as always is zeke baker and together we make the dad's drinking bourbon wherever you are whatever time it is thank you for making us part of your day zeke you were skiing you were by yourself in breckenridge for a few days how was it you didn't get hurt this time no i mean it was a good time early in the seasons not a ton of runs out there but you know all things considered there's probably countless other scenarios that would have been much less desirable or enjoyable so i'm not going to complain a bit about having a four days of being pretty much disconnected and uh, enjoying the mountain space. I really just hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving. I know we released an episode when we got back, which was really good. You missed it. I think you would have really enjoyed this one. It was Savage and Cook with Jordan Via, and he was talking about you know the way they do burning chair and the way they do lip service rye, and they don't actually finish the whole batch. So like out of burning chair, I think it was like 17% is finished, and out of lip service, it's 18%. Could be vice versa on that it could be 17 on the burning journey i don't know but either way it's 17 18 i'll go back and listen to the tape but the way they do it it's not letting the wine overtake the rest of the whiskey and you can actually taste the whiskey with the wine and it complements nicely i think you would really really enjoy it and i want to get make sure you get some of it because i think you're going to really enjoy that stuff no it sounds good what was it we had recently that kind of fell into that niche of a wine finish that actually synergized more than dominated the wolves good stuff anyways we have so much before the end of the year like we got some backlog before the end of the year we want to get through some of these shows are going to be shorter some of them might be long if we get on a tangent who knows but today we are drinking remus gatsby reserve this is made by the ross and squib distillery otherwise known as mgp to celebrate f scott fitzgerald legendary novel the great gatsby remus gatsby reserve is bottled at 97.8 proof 48.9 percent abv for those of you that are following along when stuff ages at mgp the proof actually goes down with the way they have those cement walls there so it's offered in ultra limited quantities at minimum suggested retail price of 199.99 per bottle crafted by master distiller ian Sturzman and his team at ross and squib this is 15 year old reserves of straight bourbon whiskey and offered at cast strength it hit the shelves in october we're just getting to it now sorry for the delay and then they said Sturzman said the remus bourbon brand has provided our team an opportunity to showcase the great bourbon whiskey produced here at ross and squib like the remus repeal reserve series remus gatsby reserve gave us a chance to showcase some of the best bourbons we have in this case some of the finest 15 year old bourbons in our reserves remus gatsby reserve is certainly to be a highly sought after member of the remus bourbon family given its limited production I don't know if this was high rye or low rye. The Remus straight bourbon whiskey is 
is a high rye blend and it's aged five years. I'm assuming, I mean, it doesn't say if this is high rye or low rye, but if Remus is high rye already, Zeke, I guess we got to assume this is high rye too. Fair enough. Who knows? It's 15 years old. It is 97.8 proof, 48.9% ABV, and it's $200 a bottle. That's all you really need to know from there. And that it's not a blend of various years or mashes as opposed to the, what's the one we reviewed a few weeks back? Remus Repeal Reserve. This one was a different, a whole different things of different mashes and years. Yeah, that's the one that basically took over Met Select. Yes. Gotcha. What did you think about this? I thought that it had really some char on the entry, pretty much immediately leaves the tongue fairly peppery, revisiting again and, and trying to work through that uh, initial uh, pop, so to speak. I thought that it started out maybe like either stone fruit or grapefruit. I'm not really sure which one, but my takeaway was simply that your tongue tries to get fruity notes out of it. Ultimately, it just comes off as bitter and dry to me. Moving through it a little more, there's a couple of flashes that reminded me of what I would call candy corn corn, just because I can't think of anything else that tastes specifically like that. But when I get it, that's all it reminds me of. If you've bitten off you know, just that portion of candy corn, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about, I think. Last takeaway I guess I had on it was, and John, you've probably done this because you cook a lot and I don't, but you know, like sometimes folks use like Dr. Pepper as one of the main ingredients in like a marinade or something. Yeah. I'm thinking if they did that and then like you took – the burnt ends from, you know, a brisket or whatever they marinated with that kind of like, you know, sauce or whatever on it, this would be about what you'd taste. The interesting thing for this one, for me, you know, the nose, I think there's like a tobacco oak and like patchouli. It's almost like a men's scented candle. Like, you know, like when you go into the the store and you smell the scented candle and you're like, oh, that one was made for a dude. That's kind of how I feel about this one. Like patchouli, that's a strong word, man. Oof. It's like a dude scented candle. What kind of dudes you hang out with that smell like patchouli? Hipsters. <laughs> Hipsters, dude. Lots of rye spice on the taste, which leads into heavy oak. Not as much as I would have thought, but like there's still a lot of oak there. And I think the oak prevents a lot of the other notes from coming through. So like you, I thought there was some fruit that really wanted to come through, but because of the oak, I think it came across more as like molasses for me than it did the fruit. Like, and, and I think it kind of turned like, you know how like molasses, you know, you, you taste a little bit of fruit note there, but it's like, it could have gone one way and then it went the other and it got real thick and like kind of got stuck in the mud that's well, you've let it boil too long and you know, if you get in a cast iron skillet or something like there you go yeah but it's not like this isn't like burnt or anything it's just like it didn't turn into the fruit side of it it went more the molasses route and like you know i feel like this is getting ready to get made into rum caramel on there too and then you know other regular bourbon notes but i think the the crazy thing about this one at least for me is each sip has been different so every sip i take of this i get like a little bit different of an experience than i did the last sip i took and i feel like that's super interesting i'm not with you on that one it's been pretty much the same each time through granted when i tasted this i didn't know the age to it at all but then you know when you threw that up that it was 15 year i think it's i guess a common perception among a lot of folks that whereas for a lot of distillate from various places older is better but i think more and more folks really agree that with mgp eight nine years up to maybe 11 tops that's the wheelhouse and if it goes past that it's just tough to find primo juice from them or what you would say it was the the best expression it could have been yeah 12 is where i kind of really teeter and when somebody yeah, says tough. like hey it's a 12 year mgp i'm like 
it's either going to be really good or not. It's, you know, and that's when you're like, Hey man, can I get a sample? Like, (laughs) (laughs) no, I'm with you totally. And I think years ago for folks that, you know, tried a whole lot more and and MGP was as prominent as it is now, they would just see that age statement on a label and be jumping up and down. But now it's like, Hey, I got, you know, 15 year beam or any other distillery, you know, the big, out of all the big boys. All right, all right. I'm with you. I'm with you. I got some 15 year MGP. Ooh. And then that's when you ask, like, okay, where was it? Where was it aged? But it's just, you know, funny that most folks always thought of as just a, you know, a perfect rule of thumb. And then you've got the MGP kind of like asterisks out there of, well, Actually, this hits its spot a little differently, but also it ages differently. And like you mentioned at the beginning of the show, their proof almost always goes down because of the type of building it's in and the way it's constructed. So it, to me, it's not too far of a reach to really just say, well, if it seems to age and proof differently, why wouldn't the flavor profile also come along differently? You, you know, the, all those things should be synonymous, I would think. I agree with you. I almost feel like, you know, when someone says like, I got 15 years, it's like the stuff that happened over at, um, you know, Traverse city where it's like, okay, it was aged in Michigan. Like I, I know it's not going to get as oaky, like being over there than it was at MGP. Second, somebody's like, I got old MGP. I'm like, where was it aged? Let's talk about this for a minute. And I just wonder like when, I mean, but there's enough people that I guess like Oak that, you know, if you like Oak, this is your jam, you know, go get it, go get three. But if you don't really like oak this might not be your favorite yeah i mean i think this would definitely be in the the wheelhouse with some of those folks that have converted from you know scotch into bourbon but they still have that hankering for that kind of different profile than you know i think where you or i'd probably go a lot is like i need a little more sweet in my bourbon i'm i'm sorry i'm not here for that uh toothpick kind of stuff totally get that i think it's worth trying this in a bar and figuring out is this going to be something you're going to go pursue or not especially at the price point but i mean i kind of look at like this stuff here with the remus repeal reserve that blend and i know it's only 100 proof and it's 50 percent avv but you know you have two percent 14 year bourbon 27 percent 10 year bourbon 29 percent eight year bourbon 17% 17% 10-year bourbon, 25% eight-year bourbon. Like you put all that together, it's still a hell of a blend and it's right in the sweet spot of where I want MGP to be you know, with that 2% 14-year in there. But you know, this is really more of like, if you're asking me what's a blend that I'm going to like, it's that repeal reserve. I'm going to go for that all day, probably over the 15-year Gatsby. Oh yeah. I mean, and it's almost fairly surprising. As high demand as MGP has been for years now. Like, how did they manage to sit on the product that long without somebody making them an offer to buy it? Right. How many times did they say no, no, no? And then like, so you said no all through its sweet spot. And then you kind of put it out as this, like, I mean, I don't know if that was the best use. I'm with you on that one, hundred percent, but well, Zeke, it's storming tonight. This is going to come out tomorrow. So I'm going to work on editing this tonight, but all of you in the South, we're in for a wild ride tonight of high winds, thunderstorms, all that other stuff. So I hope everybody's safe. I hope everybody sleeps well tonight. And thank you to Luxrow for sending us and Ross and Squibb for sending us a sample. You can go ahead and find us on Facebook at Dad's Drinking Bourbon, Twitter at Bourbon Dads, Instagram at Dad's Drinking Bourbon. Please leave us an open and honest review just like we leave open and honest reviews about the whiskey we drink. Zeke, where else can the folks find us? Good old Nashville, Tennessee. Cheers. Ciao.